This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update video and podcast. Today, we have our weekly look at the numbers, trends, and latest news about COVID-19 with AMA's Director of Science, Medicine, and Public Health, Andrea Garcia in Chicago. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer, also in Chicago. Andrea, welcome back this week. Uh, Some more big news about mask mandates. Uh, Talk to us first about the federal mask mandate for public transit that was struck down last week. Where does that stand? Well, it's good to be here. And last Wednesday, the Justice Department did announce that they were going to appeal the court ruling that lifted the federal mask requirement for passengers on planes, trains, buses, and, and other public transportation hubs. And that was after the CDC concluded that the mandate was necessary to protect the public from the spread of the virus. Um, That decision was um, by the Justice Department came two days after the federal judge in Florida struck down that mask mandate. Um, And following that decision from that Florida judge, we saw many airlines, many public transportation systems, and even Lyft and Uber remove their mask requirements literally mid-air or mid-ride, so a lot of controversy surrounding that. Let's talk about the appeal. Um, Clearly, uh, uh, vested interest in making sure that at least for the future that we have this option. uh, What's what's behind that? So the CDC wants to keep the mandate intact, and you're right. It's, It's also pressing that appeal to preserve their public health powers. Um, Legal experts have talked about the fact that doing so is potentially risky because if the Florida ruling is upheld, it could weaken the agency's authority in the future. And I think if if we curtail the CDC's powers to fight COVID and future pandemics, it will certainly uh, leave the U.S. population in a situation where we're potentially less safe, where we have a a public health agency that um, isn't able to react quickly in situations such as these. I think it's notable that the administration appealed the ruling without seeking an immediate stay, like many uh, legal experts predicted they would, because that stay of the ruling would have been that quickest way to reinstate that mask requirement. So we don't know for sure, but this move could suggest that the administration's goal is is more about legal principle and less about quickly reinstating that mask mandate. I think there's also the chance that this appeal could end up in front of the Supreme Court. I guess I'm uh, obviously preserving this for the future, and I hate to think about what it would have been like if we weren't able to do that two years ago. Um, You know, as far as travel goes, do people still have to wear masks when they travel? So while that appeal is underway, the federal mandate is not in effect, but airlines and public transportation systems are free to introduce their own mandates. That doesn't appear to be happening right now. Those mandates are more the exception and then the rule. I'll tell you when I was on, on the train coming in this morning, the, the Chicago Transit Authority was still indicating that masks are required, but on domestic flights, all of the major carriers have made masks optional for passengers and crew. Um, they may still be required uh, if you're flying from some international destinations, depending on either the country or the airline's rules. And they're still required in some US airports. So 
um, JFK, LaGuardia, Philadelphia, LA, um, all still require masks, but that could change very soon. And um, like I said, public transit systems, uh, their rules on masks right now tend to vary widely by city and state. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. Uh, speaking of one city, Philadelphia, had reintroduced and reinstated a mask mandate, but now my understanding is that has now been rescinded. Yeah, just four days later, Philadelphia announced that they would end their short-lived mask mandate that was receiving a lot of attention. Um, and that mandate had been automatically triggered based on their health department's uh, metrics for putting a mask mandate back in place. So they when those daily uh, new reported cases increased by 70% over a 10-day period, period and surpassed 100 cases a day. The health department put that in place. But when they saw those numbers start to plateau um, and that hospitalizations dropped, the city said they would move to strongly recommend masks in indoor spaces as opposed to mandating them. Now, uh I think a lot of the language has changed. It's signage around, uh, you know, our office here is masks are welcome. Uh, the question around, you know, one-way masking uh, and whether that works. Um, do you have uh, research uh, one way or another? I think we know that masks work best when everyone in the room has them on, but there's still data that shows that people can benefit from wearing a mask even when those around them aren't, but it really depends on the quality of the mask and how well it fits. So health, health experts are still recommending the use of N95s, KN95s, or KF94 respirators for that best protection, particularly against Omicron and the BA2 subvariant, which is, we know now, the dominant version of, of COVID in the US and around the world. There have been some modeling studies, um, researchers looking at uh, airline passengers who are sitting in the same row or one row away for, from someone who has COVID who had a high risk of being infected, but wearing a mask reduced that risk of infection by about 54%. So there are a number of studies that show similar findings. The big takeaway here is that having a high quality, well-fitting mask particularly an N95, KN95, or KF94 respirator does reduce that potential exposure for the person wearing it. I imagine that can be uh, uh, extremely important now that we see case numbers uh, start to rise. I feel like uh, so many people that I know are uh, have COVID-19 uh, uh, right now. Uh, what, are, uh, what are the actual numbers out there? So right now in the U.S., we're averaging about 40,000 to 50,000 reported cases a day. In the last two weeks, that's about a 53% increase in, in cases nationally. But again, those numbers are still nowhere near the levels we experienced during the winter surge. In one NPR interview, health officials attributed this uptick to spring travel and what is being referred to as the great unmasking. 
um, in that same interview, Dr. David Rubin of the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, who I know you've had on this show, said he thinks that overall the case increase has been more of a ripple than a wave. And he said, when you really look at the impact um, on hospitalizations, it's been fairly mild. And this is, you know, backed up by the, um, the New York Times data, which uh, says that hospitalizations are hovering around 15,000 with an increase of 4% over the last two weeks. And again, in my anecdotal uh, understanding, you know, a lot of the people that I know that have had this are just testing at home and they're not doing PCRs anymore. Uh, I, I imagine it's hard to keep track of the actual numbers, uh, but it doesn't look like it's uh, translating into hospitalization. So that's really good news. And from a regional standpoint, are you seeing uh, any standouts like in the Northeast? Yeah, the, the Northeast still, we're hoping to begin to see some improvements there over the next couple of weeks. We're also seeing upticks in the Midwest. Uh, if you look at Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, and then in Michigan and New Hampshire, cases have more than doubled since the start of the month. On the West Coast, Oregon has experienced an increase and in the Southeast, Florida has. Uh, but the, the scientists at the CDC who are looking for those early warning signs of significant upticks and, and tracking wastewater are still saying that things look relatively reassuring. That's good news. And uh, you know, the, in terms of deaths, are we still seeing you know, reduction there? Deaths are still falling. Uh, they've decreased by more than 30% over the last two weeks. Again, we know that that's lag. So, and uh, you know, that's consistent with what we would expect. I think with what that, that being said, uh, the CDC uh, released uh, information from the National Vital Statistics System to look at deaths, death rates in the United States in 2021. And, and they found for the second year COVID was the third leading cause of death, just behind heart disease and cancer. And death rates were the highest among non-Hispanic American Indian and Alaska Native and non-Hispanic Black or African American people. Um, on the vaccination front, uh, obviously that continues to be important as we think about kind of these just wave after wave of surges. Uh, let's talk a little bit about in, in news about uh, formulations that might be in the works to target variants or future ones that might arise? The latest news there is Moderna released results of a trial that suggested um, a new version of their vaccine designed to target variants offers better and longer lasting protection. Uh, the data released support uh, released supports the company's strategy of developing those booster shots that combine different versions of the coronavirus. And the trial uh, really showed that the, the version that combines the original version of the virus and the beta variant increased the level of antibodies against a variety of variants, including Omicron. So it was better than the regular booster dose, according to the company. That study is not yet peer-reviewed, but it, it suggests that Moderna's approach might work, and the company's lead booster candidate is designed to target the Omicron variant and the original version of the virus. That's still in testing. We don't have results yet, but we're expecting them by the end of June. How about on the treatment front, any news there? Yeah, on, um, yesterday the CDC issued a health alert or a health advisory to update healthcare providers, health departments, and the public about the availability and use of recommended therapies for COVID-19. 
that health advisory also advises against the use of unproven treatments that have been known to cause potential harm uh, for outpatients with mild to moderate COVID-19. So um, for those who were not hospitalized or who, at, who are at increased risk, risk for severe COVID-19 outcomes, there are several treatment options that are now widely available and accessible and, and physicians can find more information um, about that health alert and what is and is not recommended on the CDC site. And I think we're also including that link in the description of this episode. Excellent. Um, this week, we also saw an older treatment become available to a new population. What's the background on that? Yeah, on Monday, FDA approved the use of remdesivir to treat COVID patients who are 12 and younger. So extending that use of the treatment to cover kids who we know are still not old enough to be vaccinated, uh, patients who are at least 28 days old and are hospitalized or are at risk of developing severe COVID symptoms can be treated with that in, in antiviral injection. The approval applies to children who weigh about seven pounds. Uh, previously, the drug had an EUA. So the director of the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research said that, you know, we know COVID-19 can cause severe illness in children, and some of them do not have a current vaccination option. So this is the agency's first full of approval of a treatment for the pediatric population. Uh, as we know, officials have not authorized the COVID vaccine for children under five, so having this treatment option available to this population will certainly help. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. That's it for today's COVID-19 update. We'll be back with another segment next week. Uh, for information on COVID-19, visit our center at ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.